Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get back to Harold Vondelinda from HSBC. Harold, you were cut off there. I want you to continue with your train of thought. Yeah, thanks a lot. We got cut off. Um, uh, yes, so what is important for the Asian equity market is the outlook for inflation in the U.S. And these are just signs people have overstocked. They couldn't get their products, say, six months ago. They needed to make sure that they had uh, stocked up in inventory. Now demand is maybe a little bit weaker than anticipated, and they're cutting prices. And that's, yeah, that means that maybe the inflationary story is, is, uh, is a little bit on its back legs here. So let's see how that impacts overall inflation numbers. Uh, but that is important for us in, in Asia because lower inflation – means lower bond yields, and lower bond yields, that's good for Asian equities. Very quickly, Harold, what does it tell us about the consumer? 20 seconds. Uh, what does it tell us about the consumer in, in 20 seconds is that the outlook maybe for consumption demand is not as strong as what we anticipate. And this is important for Asia as well, because we have, of course, a whole bunch of exporters in the region, particularly in Korea and Taiwan, tech exporters. And, um, yeah, maybe the outlook uh, for them is a little bit weaker. We've already seen that. We've seen in that particular sector, we see earnings being cut. We see that monthly sales momentum that comes through in Taiwan uh, being uh, quite weak um, guidance from companies. And, uh, Harold, you did mention uh, when we were speaking earlier about opportunities in Asia. I know Asia Tech, uh, you identify some very attractive P.E. ratios at the moment. Are you adding to your positions there? No, not yet. The valuations are low for that sector. Uh, Asia Tech is down at something like 30%, but... The problem is the sell-through. I mean, you guys just spoke about Walmart. Um, they're discounting products. Um, uh, the demand might be weaker in, uh, for, for their products. So that's going to be a bit of an issue. So you're going to be highly selective in that sector, I think. And Brian highlighted the fact that uh, second quarter GDP in South Korea, much above forecast, nearly double what uh, economists were expecting, a gain of uh, seven-tenths of one percent. It looks like spending not only from households, but the government as well, help to uh, turn things around? I mean, do you have any reaction to this? Yeah, um, I mean, that's good for Korea. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I think part of it is also post-COVID a little bit, uh, kind of a surge uh, from uh, as activity comes back post, uh, post-COVID in, in South Korea. Um, but for the bigger tech companies in, uh, in Korea, that is not overly relevant, to be honest, because they sell most of their products in Europe and in the U.S. So it's what happens in those markets that's, uh, that's of real importance to them. Yeah, we do talk a lot about uh, recession risk, uh, mostly, though, pertaining to the U.S. and, and knock-on risks for the rest of the world. But, but what about that risk when v- viewed through the Asia-Pacific lens? You know, we, we just did have that decent GDP readout of South Korea. Uh, are the probabilities different for this part of the world? Yeah, I think in Asia, the inflation story is a bit different. It's a bit more mixed, to be honest. We have, on the one hand, probably deflationary pressures, and issues in, uh, in, in China, uh, maybe not necessarily deflation, but disinflation. Inflation is basically not a big issue in, uh, in China because demand is weak, and they're trying to actually move it and getting a little bit 
getting people to buy again and get confidence back again. Um, and then you have imported food inflation in markets such as uh, India and in, in Indonesia. The good news is that rice prices haven't really increased that much. And that some of the key commodity prices are oil, copper, but also wheat, these prices have come down. So that, that helps the region a little bit. But we still have to deal, in particular that part of Asia, needs to deal with food inflation in the second half of this year. Well, you mentioned energy there. Crude oil prices uh, today in New York were up quite a bit. We rose more than 2%, and still we're fluctuating very near uh, $100 a barrel in WTI. At some point, this is going to, if it hasn't already, begin to bite across many economies in the APAC region. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the one that is most sensitive to this is India. India is a large importer of oil. And uh, uh, normally, uh, yeah, if oil prices are above $80 or so, and it's well above it now, that's really a bit of an issue for, uh, for, for India. So this will slow India to a certain extent. And, uh, yeah, that means also you get that imported inflation in, uh, in countries such as India. Um, so that's, uh, that's going to be a bit of an issue. And we see already there that they want to tighten uh, Indonesia might have to do this as well. Second half of the year, that's more to relate to food, not so much as oil. But um, yeah, that means that in that part of Asia, the central banks might have to tighten. And that's probably on the margin not so good for those equity markets there. So what assets around the region are flashing a buy signal for you right now? I think um, the buy signals are very clear, I think, in China. Um, uh, it looks like things are turning slowly around in China. Uh, there are certain sectors where the outlook is starting to improve a little bit, and we're coming from a very low base, though. Um, I think another uh, market people should be looking at is Thailand. Uh, as, as the world opens up again, um, Thailand is going to be back as a tourist destination. Uh, tourist numbers have dropped off like 90 95%. Even if they come back a little bit, that's going to be quite a good impact for, uh, for, for, for Thai companies. So um, uh, those are two markets I would really take a look at. All right, uh, Harold Vanderlind, uh, head of APAC Equity Strategy at HSBC. We will leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.